We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back in. You were listening to the Road of His Fantasy Football Mailbag. We are dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions, and I am not actually your host. I'm going to kick it back over to your actual bigger, better, faster, stronger host, Mike Randall. What's up, my man? That is absolutely not true, folks, but we wanted to have Jeremy <laughs> do the intro again. It's a beautiful thing. The velvet tones are back. Folks, welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotovis podcast. This is the November 27th episode, and we, as always, are dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me at Randall Rant, and today we have the gentleman who paved the way for this show to get to the point that it was at, the man himself, Jeremy Hart. Jeremy did a fantastic job hosting the mailbag here, laid the groundwork. I just took his flowchart and then pretty much just followed it through. He was the one who took you and had you through all so many fantasy episodes last year. Great advice, amazing things insight. And again, I've had everyone who's come on the show here ask, oh my goodness, where's Jeremy? How's he doing? I hope you can follow his lead, you know, with those questions. But folks, he is on Twitter at Fantasy Gumshoe. You see the name Sashi Hinky. That's our own Jeremy Hart. Jeremy, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Mailbag. 
My man, my man. Let me tell you, it is great to be back. I am humbled and honored. Uh, the kind words are entirely too kind. I mean, it, it is just a flow chart, my friend, that that I took from from the man, right? The, the czar of Road of His podcasting here, Matthew Friedman. He already laid down the foundation, and I just kind of had a healthy segue, took it over for a little bit, and then passed that baton over to you. So it is just alive and kicking. I am an avid fan and listener. I don't miss an episode every week, and I'm just uh, excited to be back back in the crew with you here. Oh, it's great to have you here, Jeremy. And it's really a critical week in the fantasy world, right? We're heading into week 13. There are some formats that have playoffs, others that are about to get started in a week or two. But of course, the first thing I want to do is catch up with you. How are you doing? What's going on? And what have you done since the mailbag there? I heard you had some great things going on. How are things in your life, most importantly? Uh, you know what? It's funny because it's almost like I got, what, eight to ten hours a week back by not doing <laughs> the mailbag. my friend. Easily. <laughs> You know how it goes, right? It's an hour of airtime, but all the, all the, and, and folks out there, if you just think you can pick up a microphone and start talking, it doesn't work that way. It takes hard work getting this stuff out the door and with the research analysis and scheduling and, and editing and all of that stuff, right? So uh, it's just one of those things. What am I doing right now? It's hashtag bad life 100% of the time, man. It's just, you know, a lot of pitter patter running around the house. I, I wish I had a little bit more extra time, um, but I don't right now. And as my Twitter handle says, Maybe I'll be back uh, in the crew someday, somehow, when my 99 kids are older. So right now, I'm just kind of, uh, we, we actually got uh, the Christmas stuff set up nice and early before oh, Thanksgiving great, this year, great. just to try to get them off. So yeah, that, that's what we're doing around here, you know, just, just keeping it real. Oh, that's fantastic. Listen. There's a total level of appreciation on how you made this seem so smooth. Full disclosure, I always send a show sheet to Jeremy here because he's a pro. I really cut the show sheet down because I'm like, I can take advantage now of an opportunity here to actually cut it short. Jeremy, usually I write out everything I'm going to say and I send it, but you can ad lib. But that's great, man. The Christmas stuff is up. Mine is not up yet. It'll come up after Thanksgiving, but I'm glad you're doing very, very well. And I want to start with the easiest question of them all, Jeremy. Simply tell me, who is the NFL MVP this season? Oh, goodness. You know, this is, I mean, there's never a right or wrong answer with the MVP because let's let's be real, right? It's, it's a popularity show. There's a lot of subjectivity involved. It's not just based on the stats. And I mean, if, if it is, I mean, you're going to be looking at any three of Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and, and of course, CMC, run CMC, right? And I think, you know, you want to start with CMC. I mean, he has quite literally lifted that team on his shoulders um, out of the backfield and, uh, you know, up the gut. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, is running backs, they, I'm sorry, they, they really don't matter, right? I mean, that's just the the reality that we were dealt with right now. So you have to cross off CMC. I'd like to go over to dang Russ Wilson here because, I mean, despite um, suboptimal coaching with, with with Pete over there in Seattle. He, he he's just highly highly efficient, and uh, but he he does still have the story of uh, just a suboptimal offense that doesn't use him as much as they should, and they have to showcase him. Um, but Harbaugh is doing that in Baltimore. We're seeing it as we're recording right now. Lamar Jackson. I mean, what are we in quarter three now? He's already got five <laughs> touchdowns thrown here. I, I mean, it's it just. 
absolutely absurd what is going on in Baltimore. It's lightning in a bottle. It's like Patrick Mahomes and crew last year. So, I mean, you, you know, coming off the, of you know, whatever side of the fence you are on with Colin Kaepernick, right, it doesn't matter. The point is the faces are Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and right now he's doing some things that nobody has ever done before, and he is paving the way for the future. There are just a ton of schoolyard kids out there wanting to be the next Lamar Jackson, and they're revolutionizing the game right now. So, I, I mean, he also has the stats to match Russell Wilson. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, look, it, 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 I keep telling myself this is not sustainable. He's doing this in a very potent, highly efficient, low probabilistic outcome type of offense, but it just keeps happening. So I, I don't know how you don't buy into it right now, and I don't know how he's not the MVP. Yeah, I'm staring at it right now because I have a lot of exposure to Lamar Jackson across the board. 169 passing yards, ho-hum. And yes, Jeremy, five passing touchdowns and 95 rushing yards. They're up 42-6 to right now as we're recording this on Monday night. So just amazing job by Lamar Jackson. I, I totally agree. I think he's the MVP. And let's see how it goes for the rest of the season. I want you to think back, partner, to the beginning of the year. You know, you're doing all those fantasy leagues. You're all over the place with, with what you have going on. I'm curious, who were your two biggest preseason hits, one or two, and then one who was a, a big miss? The one that I've talked about several times is D.D. Westbrook. I thought he was going to be a wide receiver one. Uh, just hasn't really come together. Some of the preseason hits I like, Lamar Jackson, of course, was one that came to mind. Uh, and Mark Andrews, his partner, who I was saying, you know, buy wherever you can. But who are some preseason hits that you had and then maybe one big miss? Some guy who you didn't think was going to do very well, you thought was going to do very well rather uh and he didn't yeah Absolutely, man. It, it, the biggest one for me, and I don't, I don't know, you know, how it's not like, hey, look at this. Uh, I, I called Devontae Parker, but I was drafting this dude in best balls left and right because wow. he was virtually wow. free. And, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was the Miami passing game, right? And I talked about it uh, on Twitter in the offseason. Like, it's just a value, right? There's value pieces to be had. We don't know exactly where they're coming from. I mean, I'm, I admittedly drafted a lot of Kenny Stills as well, right? But Devontae Parker was just crazy free. He was coming to couple rounds after um, Stills. And, and now, I mean, granted, it, it came with a couple injuries here and there. It took Ryan Fitzpatrick to get back under the helm. Um, but Devontae Parker is one that, I mean, he is just uh, lighting it up. He has, hasn't had a game under 10 targets in the last three weeks now. Um, he was a big one. Derrick Henry, um, I knew his draft capital was expensive, but he's he was one I was still pounding. Yep. yep, he's coming oh, yeah. strong, Jeremy. Absolutely. And uh, Austin Hooper was another one uh, alongside your Mike Andrews call or Mark Andrews. I mean, it was like just back to back, take Hooper, take Andrews in rounds, you know, 10, 11 in best balls and just be done with it there. Uh, so those were those were the few that I liked the most that I hit on. The biggest miss, I'd say, uh, gosh, I mean, it was Juju. It was Juju. I mean, he was my wide receiver one by a long shot. Right? By, it, nobody was coming close. I was taking Juju everywhere and um, except explosion, implosion, whatever you want to call it. Uh, look, obviously there were some external factors that went in the way there, but, uh, you know, he was my biggest miss. David Johnson, I just loved taking after the big two there, was happy to take him before the wide receivers. So that was another big uh, miss there. And then um, I guess I missed the boat on Josh Jacobs. I'm just not taking a rookie running back that soon in the draft. They're just, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough year for zero RB altogether. I mean, Derek 
Damian Harris, Jarek McKinnon, Duke Johnson. Uh, I was all about LaShawn McCoy late after he was traded. Uh, so these are a tough, a lot of the guys that I was on that didn't really hit. But uh, hey, we still have Jalen Samuels, damn it. So I'll take it. You know, those are some amazing names you just hit. We could spend a whole hour on all those names. The Juju Smith-Schuster one, I went down to SiriusXM and did the uh, the Flex League dress with Jake Seeley, who, by the way, was the person when I had him on this podcast who actually got me to buy into Josh Jacobs. So to be fair, I was not high on him for all the reasons you said. And then Jake convinced me, and I'm, I'm glad that he did. But Juju was a big one. You know, it's funny, Jeremy, even with everything we loved about Juju, the personality, the flair, the big plays, no Antonio Brown, what we didn't take into account, or at least what I didn't take into account, is suppose Ben gets hurt, right? Like, because he <laughs> is an injury prone guy. And it's almost like when it happened, I felt like the emperor's clothes. Like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to go well at all, right? I mean, sometimes we get so caught up, we don't see the picture of it was a little bit of a fragile pick, no? It, it was, it was. And you know what? You just, that's the kind of, you expect to get safe picks in the first round. But I mean, you know, Ben goes down, he misses a week, he comes back in, he comes back in the third quarter or whatever, yeah. you know. Yep. So, but sometimes you just got to call your shots and, and that's what we did. And by the way, nice callback to the title of last week's show too. Very nicely done, sir. Oh, I pre- I appreciate that. That That is an underrated, stressful part of this is to try to come up with those show titles. <laughs> Again, you did not explain all this. It's it's like I'm Luke Skywalker with Yoda, and I'm like, oh, my God, this show title is a very stressful part, but I appreciate that. Now, here's the next one. These players are really set up for the potential of a chub rock in the 80s, and I know you're a music guy, coming back sort of situation, big ending to the year after having a mediocre or sort of a disappointing season. So I have four players here who have somewhat disappointed for a variety of reasons. And my question is, can fantasy owners still have faith in them that they can get back to the level we would expect? First one, hits close to home, Saquon Barkley. I took Saquon Barkley over Christian McCaffrey in a couple leagues, pulling my hair out. Is he healthy, Jeremy? Can he give us, I don't know, low-end Running back one, I mean, the five points against the Bears, terrible. What do you think about Saquon Barkley? Oh, gosh. I mean, it, it, it's brutal. You know, I, I surmise he's still a little unhealthy, um, but I don't have to surmise to know that Giants team is awful. I don't have to surmise to know that we can't we, we can't call him Danny Dimes anymore because he's not Danny Dimes, but just, he, I mean, he cannot feel <laughs> the pressure coming in and just exploding on his pocket there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess you can get low end RB1. I think he's more of a RB2 at this point, to be candid. I mean, there's just a ton of, I, who knows, right? Golden Tate is there. Uh, maybe Evan Ingram can get back. Uh, Sterling Shepard is back. So the pieces around, I, you know, gosh, I mean, it's almost like if they tail back the offense, scale it back a little bit to let Saquon do his thing. But I mean, he's he's clearly not right. I mean, something something is going on there. Um, you know, he's coming down. He's not passing. Uh, passing uh, protection is not there so i don't know maybe sophomore sophomore slump just just quicksand is nfl quicksand so your guess is as good as mine but i would not be confident comfortable rolling with him and you kind of just have to because that bet is made i think you just got the show title there saquon barkley quicksand i think you just did that look at that uh <laughs> next one jared goff so tonight certainly an oh. object disaster the big thing with jared goff is the protection he's not getting the time brandon cooks is back tonight but of course cooper cup had the monstrous weeks 
but he is not getting the time. He is not good under pressure and has been revealed in a lot of ways as possibly not worth that contract. Can the Rams get it right here and figure it out? What do you think about Jared Goff? They're very good at taking care of competition. They should be taken care of. I, I think that's it with golf. I mean, if you've got a good matchup, go ahead and, and take it because, you know, he can, you know, pass 200 plus yards to Cooper Cup against Oakland Raiders, right? But I mean, we're seeing the implosion here against the, the teams like Baltimore Ravens. So, I mean, yeah, I think Sean McVay has been more than exposed at this point, much like Matt Nagy here in the Chicago land. These two coaches that everybody was so dreamy of last season, right? They're just, they're, they're still part of the old cocoon. So, uh, no, I'm not feeling great about golf or Barkley here. I really enjoy doing sort of a late round running back philosophy, staying true to the Rotoviz form here. So I was immediately attracted to the Denver backfield. For what reason, I have no idea. But I thought that someone would emerge. And early in the year, I thought, Jeremy, it was Royce Freeman. I liked his profile, 220 pounds. But it appears to have become Philip Lindsay, who prior to the game two weeks ago was told he, he's going to be the lead guy. He got over 60 to 65 percent of the touches. But of course, it was at Buffalo, which is a tough place to play. But he did get those those touches. Now Denver's going back home. They host the Chargers. Philip Lindsay, can he become, you know, for a lot of teams out there that have multiple running backs, can he be a league winner, you think? Can he get back to that sort of big performance that he was having earlier in the year? Yeah, geez. I mean, the type of performance we saw last year, I don't think that's going to happen again, but we did see enough to, to think that he was still going to rise to the, to the top from that backfield there. I know we had some early year split and now it looks like it's back to Lindsay. Um, he's still one that I have on my list. I'm still bought in. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, Brandon Allen is not uh, dumping the ball off as much. We, he got a couple passes here last week. So uh, if you still have Philip Lindsay, I think he's still all systems go. I think he's a nice, you know, safe, uh, high end flex with RB2 upside going forward. And the last one I have here is Darius Geis. Uh, you know, mm. Redskins have had a struggle all year. They made a quarterback change. Adrian Peterson, two yards and a cloud of dust. Okay. However, Darius guys did explode two weeks ago. He got his first touchdown. He can catch balls out of the backfield. Certainly they're not going to stick with Peterson for the long haul. So they want to see what they have in guys. Chris Thompson is back now, though. Do you think guys can give a couple decent PPR performances here for flex or even high end RB2 consideration? Unfortunately not. I mean, I like guys as much as the next guy here, but it, it's too crowded. It's too crowded in a putrid offense. And, you know, Adrian Peterson, despite him not being the long term, as long as he's there for the short term, they may as well put the put the tread on him and keep guys help, healthy and just kind of throw him into the mix here and there. So you're still going to see an even split between guys and AP would be my assumption there uh, with, of course, Chris Thompson getting mixed in there. So it's just a mucky, uh, muddy situation. I'm going to stay away from from. All right. Now I want to turn to the Green Bay backfield here. I have a question from a listener about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was the flavor of the month. Everybody loved him. Finally getting the worst workhorse production. But then Jamal Williams comes back from the concussion. They start splitting time. But Aaron Jones is still getting the goal line touches and getting enough touchdowns there. He's had a fantastic season to really not concern owners that much. However, since Devontae Adams has come back, he has been dramatically less efficient in the receiving game. Last game, he only had one target in the receiving game. Jamal Williams outplays him. I know it was a blowout against San Francisco, so maybe not the, the most ideal situation. But 
a lot of people are relying on Aaron Jones as an RB1. And with Devontae Adams back and Jamal Williams healthy, the numbers do not play that out. So what do you think here, Lister wants to know, about Aaron Jones moving forward? Don't worry or be concerned. Yeah, I mean, you have to be concerned, right? I mean, we we saw the upside when Devontae Adams was out. We hoped that it would continue even after Adams came back, and we, it didn't. It shifted over to freaking Jamal Williams, who will not go away. The coaches won't let him go away. A-Rod won't let him go away. We, we don't know what it is, but that's the reality that we have. Now, having said that, uh, despite these dolt-ass coaches here um, – Whatever it is, they're going to get the Giants, they're going to get the Redskins, they're going to get the Bears upcoming, who have not been the same um, sans injuries here. So, I, and uh, they're going to have the Vikes, which is, I think, a little bit more neutral than than bad. Um, the, the Vikings can be beat, and we see some of these divisional games and how they can kind of turn into uh, shootouts uh, very, very quickly. So, I think. With Aaron Jones, you're going to stay the course. He's got a good matchup here, and you're just going to chug along. I remember back in the preseason, I'm sitting on a beach going through my Twitter (laughs) timeline, and I'm seeing all these videos of Cam Newton or Curtis Samuel. I'm hearing the controlled scrimmages. No one can guard Curtis Samuel. We hear about DJ Moore, Steve Smith with the video uh, coming out saying how he's not starting him in fantasy because he's not a real wide receiver. I mean, everything we heard in the preseason was this is Curtis Samuel's year, and now DJ Moore, who finally had touchdown regression after not catching a touchdown for the longest time, really has stamped himself as a top wide receiver here. You buying that? And Curtis Samuel, Milk Carton? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore was here before he even got here, right? We all knew it coming out. He was the de facto wide receiver one in rookie dynasty drafts. And of course, shocker, Steve Smith likes Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, there's no no stereotyping going on there with the, with the prototype and the body and all that jazz. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, look, DJ Moore is DeAndre Hopkins, and that's who he is going forward. He's doing this with this target and this whopper despite bad quarterback play. Um, I do also, for for what it's worth, I do like Curtis Samuel. I mean, I was still spending um, late first-round draft capital and rookie drafts for him, and it's just a product of um, Kyle Allen and this putrid offense not being able to sustain drives here outside of just getting everything over to Christian McCaffrey here. Um, Look, DJ Moore has been pimping since pimp pimping since pimp pimping so i'm gonna stay the course of dj moore get as many shares of him as possible i do still think samuel is a bike look i think they're realizing um slowly but surely kyle allen is not going to be the answer so the quarterback play can only get better long term so both of these guys are buys well, folks, pimping ain't easy. That's what Jeremy's basically telling you right now. And what I want to tell you about is my bookie. You guys are true football fans, so you know that Tom Brady's going to keep the Patriots winning, even in the rain against the Cowboys. And so basically, we're heading to the end of the NFL season. So if you haven't gotten off the sidelines yet, please get into the game with my bookie. It's the premier place to place all of your favorite pro and college football action every week, up-to-date lines. So if you're going to bet this season, please bet with my bookie. Tired of watching the games from the couch? Come up, go to my bookie, get some money in there. And right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. If you put $1,000 in, they give you $1,000. They double your initial deposit. You can use all of your favorite picks. Please make sure, use the promo code ROTOVIZ, of course. Activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ, and you double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Jeremy, I do a waiver wire piece for Action Network every week and we're we're running thin, my friend. Okay. So <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on some of the players who are available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues, people that I think could actually make some sort of impact here for desperation plays. 
Bo Scarborough in Detroit. I mean, the Detroit running backs ever since Carrion Johnson went out, who, by the way, I don't think is a, a real bell cow. He's kind of like a fake bell cow. Never really popped for me. But since he's gone out, we've been talking J.D. McKissick, Ty Johnson, now Bo Scarborough. But he has had back-to-back weeks of solid performances. What do you think about him? Can he be trusted down the stretch? They have a big game at home, of course, on Turkey Day against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, oh, gosh. I mean, this is rough, right? Because it's funny because I just blew my load on Bo Scarborough in a couple of leagues out of pure necessity, right? But, I mean, he's going to have the Bears, the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Broncos coming up. And, I mean, that that's not necessarily an enticing schedule there where you're expecting a thumper to be able to keep thumping, so to speak. I mean, I think Turkey Day is going to have probably his best odds because it, it, the way it's shaping out there, it looks like that's going to be a a pretty ugly game here. We've got Mitch Trubisky, who is basically a backup quarterback at this point. You got another backup quarterback, which um, you know he, he's got some promise there. But I mean, just the overall game flow seems like uh, it's not going to be as pretty as we'd like, given some of the injury situations that we have on the Bears side there. So I, I don't know. It could potentially, but it, we, you know, we don't expect uh, Detroit to be able to run away with this one. I mean, the Bucks, you're not going to be able to thump on the Bucks, and the Broncos are, are neutral at best. As well. So, I mean, if, if you really need him in a pinch, uh, I'd rather start him in a non-PPR type of league. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty ugly. Next one is Rashad Penny. Now, I have Chris Carson on a lot more teams than I want to actually admit. The fumble problems were a major issue beginning of the year, but they stuck with him. However, Penny explodes last week with a huge game, over 100 rushing yards, has the long touchdown, and Carson actually fumbles on back-to-back possessions. One they recovered, the second they gave to Russell Wilson. But if you watch Russell Wilson's body language, he didn't think that was on him. Rashad Penny, can you trust him? Or at the very least, is he going to now affect Chris Carson rest of the year? Yeah, ah, gosh. I, look, your guess is as good as mine, right? We like to say we have the crystal ball on this one, but he is, for the for what it's worth, the type of player you should be spending your load on at this point. Uh, if you're looking for somebody that has high, high upside and you got a stash on your bench for the fantasy playoffs, he's the type of guy because they could very well just say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and give it to this Rashad Penny dude. Uh, yeah, I think that was Pete Carroll's quote, right? right? He, he shot out of a cannon or something like that. Uh, but they always yep, like to say yep. that for their for their just r- ridiculously, egregiously first round uh, or second round pick or whatever the hell he was <laughs> in the draft. Um, but he's the type of player that he could surpass uh, Chris Carson. And if he does, the sky's going to be the limit there because, I mean, Vikings, Rams, uh, Panthers, who have been a run funnel, and the Cardinals here. So that's the type of player that you want to go ahead and spend your, spend your bucks on. You know, I wasn't a big fan of Benny's Snell. Uh, he really, if you look on playerprofiler.com, 4.66 40-yard dash time, low burst, 5'10", 224. However, opportunity is king in fantasy. Everyone played Jalen Samuels in DFS, right? And we thought he was going to be the main guy, but it ended up being Snell, who led the team in carries. It certainly seems to be the thumper, the goal line guy. What about Benny Snell here? If James Conner is shut down for the year or doesn't play, are we really going Snell over Samuels? Ah, uh, you know, it, it's all script related, right? I mean, Samuel, they clearly don't want to give the early down work, work to when we saw who was a Trey Carson that they gave a bunch of work yep. to. Um, so, I mean, it's all going to be script related. And, and the, the problem is, is, I mean, it's Mason Rudolph. It's, it's some dude named Hodges, right? I mean, sure. He, he came on and threw a long touchdown pass with a little extra work from James Washington. But I mean, this isn't the type of situation that you want to be depending on right now because you, you, it's susceptible to just over 
overall systemic implosion. So Benny Snell is not one I'm going to be looking out and, and trying to, you know, if you're still listening to this show, you've got a, you've got a chance at the fantasy playoffs. And are you really going to put Benny Snell in at this point? Probably not. I mean, by the time you get to the fantasy playoffs, week 15, week 16, I mean, you're probably looking at these, uh, 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 air quote Patrick Laird seasons, right? When they're looking at some of these bottom of the roster guys, the Ryan Nalls of the world and Chicago Bears. And I mean, Benny Snell, uh, the problem is there's just not enough upside to go around in that offense. And Pittsburgh has been running hot somehow, some way they keep coming out on top, but there's no way that continues. And get out of here with Kareth White, folks. I don't want to hear about Kareth White, his six <laughs> carries, 43 yards. Enough. I'm not a Snell guy. If you want to do that, 21 carries, 98 yards, so be it. But please don't come at me with Kareth White. I'm going to block you. Last one I want to know about who is still available on the waiver wire, A.J. Brown of the Titans. I will tell you this, Jeremy. I can't nail an A.J. Brown big week to save my life. <laughs> I put him in DFS. Horrific. I take him out of DFS. He's streaking down the sideline against the Jaguars here. A.J. Brown, has he passed Corey Davis? Is Ryan Tannehill really the magic potion to unlock him? Can we trust A.J. Brown as a wide receiver three for the rest of the season? Go. Hey, look, I'm with you on the the AJ Brown DFS stuff as well, right? When the, when the, when the matchup says it's time to play DJ uh, AJ Brown, it doesn't work out. And then, of course, when he's going up against the the quote unquote run funnel against Jacksonville, that's when he just takes one to the house. So, uh, yeah, I think when you're not supposed to play him, that's when you play him. That's apparently the recipe for success there. But he is, however, Ryan Tannehill's guy at this point. It, you know, he's he's the binky for Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is not one of those multiple read progression. <laughs> Brown Binky. That's the title. AJ Brown Binky. He, that's what he is. He, he's the Binky for Ryan Tannehill, who is not the greatest quarterback in the world, but you know, he's always had one de facto wide receiver that he's going to go to before he just tries to take off and scamper. So that's unfortunately for Corey Davis, AJ Brown's job now, with Corey Davis having three and four targets multiple weeks in a row, which is very unfortunate because that was another uh, uh, just preseason miss for me. Corey Davis, I took him all the time in best ball uh, with with the Tennessee Titans being sub, such cheap assets there. So, A.J. Brown, if he's available in your league, you want to scoop him up because he's the dude. Okay, from a music connoisseur, this is going to be a big-time answer. What is your favorite American band of all time? All right, well, so I'm going to give you two. I'm going to cheat on the first one because it isn't technically a band, um, but it's a tribe called Quest here. Just complete hip-hop innovators. Oh, oh yeah. What a call. What a call. Yeah, I feel like I get to still call them a band just because of how much they innovated and revolutionized the scene uh, for, for the East Coast hip-hop and feel-good hip-hop in the 90s there. Um, but along those same lines, I will go ahead and give you a band, and I know this is going to be extremely unpopular, but so be it, um, because they are unpopular. And for me, um, I'm very uh, – I'm not, damn it, ashamed to say it's Rush. Uh, Neil Peart, greatest percussionist to ever live, the lyrics and this is a band mind you that you know against the great and look a lot of people hate them because they got so much damn airtime over commercial radio stations I mean it wasn't their fault they just kind of walked into a good deal here but I mean they were deep it was more about the party and they weren't they, they went back to the hotel and read books for crying out loud right and I mean it was just a musical ensemble they basically wrote the script for rock operas going forward there coming out of the 70s so for me it is Rush. 2112.
That is a tremendous call. And Tribe Call Quest, when I was a kid, low-end theory, Midnight Marauders. <laughs> I mean, just fantastic across the board there. So great job by you. Excellent. Let's look at the Colts backfield. Someone here wants to say, what am I supposed to do with the Colts backfield? Jonathan Williams, of course, big game after big game. He's been fantastic. Naeem Hines, nine rushes, 51 yards last week. Then, of course, you have, is Marlon Mack going to come back? If he comes back, how effective is he going to be? That that's what we're looking at. The question is Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Williams, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, Hike. Who do you like there in the Colts' backfield? All we know right now is Marlon Mack could be back in the next few weeks, right? So, yeah, to your point, maybe he comes back for a week 15 or week 16. Um, but until then, I mean, I, I definitely think it's Jonathan Williams over Jordan Wilkins for whatever that's worth. I still think you can continue to go for Jonathan Williams here. Um with the exception of week 14 due to matchup. So maybe, you know, week 14 alone, Naheem Hines would be the guy because he's still getting a share of the workload and he's getting the passing involvement still. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you're looking for the good matchup and you need the thumper, Jonathan Williams is still the way to go for week 13. Uh, try to, I mean, if you look, if you got the room to also stash away Naheem Hines for week 14, that's the better type of game script that sets up better for him. And then Jonathan Williams week 15 and, you know, I, she's, if you're the Mac owner, you should be owning Jonathan Williams at this point. And, and if you're not, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Jeremy, maybe I missed the memo. Is David Montgomery dead? <laughs> I mean, is James Brown dead? I mean, David Montgomery was dead before uh, he even entered the league. I mean, I, I'm sorry. This is another one where, you know, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, at least from a redraft perspective, I'm not just going to take the high draft capital on these dudes. David Montgomery is an average prospect. He was an average prospect at best. Sure, he can handle a little bit of volume here, but I mean, we liked him most liked him because of the situation and the workload we uh, expected him to take over here. Uh, look, his situation sucks. His quarterback sucks. His wide receiver course sucks. His coach sucks. Everything around David Montgomery sucks. So if you can get out from under him, do it. Try to get a second and a third for him from a dynasty perspective and just wash your stinking hands because, yes, David Montgomery is confirmed dead. The problem with David Montgomery is he teases you. So beginning of the year, he's RB 49 against Green Bay. Okay, but they have to realize what they have. Then he actually gives you an RB 17 performance and gets a touchdown against Denver just enough to rope you back in. Then he continues to bomb RB 28, RB 37, RB 33, RB 59. 1.9 fantasy points against New Orleans. That's when Nagy gets up there and goes, yeah, I know we have to run the ball. Bang. Week 8, RB7 performance, 24.7 PPR points. Week 9, bang, 22.6 RB7 performance. And since then, the robust RB35, RB45. He's an A.J. Brown guy. Your guess is as good as mine, but certainly I'm not relying on him during uh, during the fantasy playoffs. Next up is DFS time. Very simple, Jeremy. You and I are going to retire. We're going to hit the million dollars here is what we're going to do. (laughs) And I'm going to split it with you. So give me in a week 13, give me one guy from QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, sort of a DFS tournament, Millie Maker, maybe not an obvious guy, but a guy you think could really get 3X or better there in DFS this week in week 13. Yeah, this is tough here. So, I mean, we'll go ahead. Well, let's start with the the turkey slate a little bit here because – 
these what what's interesting here this week here is is the Chicago Bears meant, uh, situation. We we talked about it hot off the press uh, somewhat at least for while we're recording. I mean Ben Broniker suffered a concussion. Taylor Gabriel uh, suffered a concussion. So that at least is going to give us what we need here. Um, and I know you asked for one name, and I don't just have one name, right? I've got a cursory overview of of the slate right now. So I mean, you're going to be looking at concentrated targets for Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller. I think you're going to be able to trust for very cheap at three point nine. I think he's actually going to gain in popularity here. It's only a three game slate for crying out loud here, and these are the inexpensive pieces that are going to let you jam in pieces like Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas here. I, I you know it's a three game slate, and at this point, it's like I don't know who you're going to be able to get that's really going to uh, quote unquote win you the milli right, or at least uh, get you close to the to the wishbone classic there. Um, you know the aforementioned injuries there. I mean, uh, the Bears are going to be looking at something called just. Jesper Horsted, apparently he had it's brutal, man. It's brutal. He had like a 50%, close to a 50% college dominator rating, but this was at, I think, Princeton or Yale. I think it was Princeton. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and the Bears haven't done anything. So, I mean, but at 2.5K on DraftKings, like if you want to take a long, 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 long shot just to hope that he gets the big body touchdown for you and, you know, frees up roster construction for you to jam and everything else, be, be my guess there. I, I probably wouldn't do that, but I do want to say I'll probably fade like an Ezekiel. Elliott because look you got to take some risks on a short slate like this and Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the most popular play outside of Elvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and you just you don't want to fade Elvin Kamara and Michael Thomas in that eventual uh, turkey night shootout there so Zeke would be the one so you'd pay down for a Tariq Cohen there and then just open up everything else up for turkey day um, Julio Jones I don't I don't think we have any news here on his injury Mike uh, this is some you know, something that we're going to have to watch. Maybe that puts Calvin Ridley into play there. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it does, Jeremy. It puts my man, Russell Gage, in play. Okay, who <laughs> actually, is. I put him in the waiver wire. He has more targets, more receptions, and more receiving yards than Julio Jones last week. So I, I, if you want a low value, especially if Julio's out, I think Gage is a guy you look at because he's actually been fairly decent given his price. Yeah, absolutely. Great call there with Russell Gage, and that's that's one that's going to gain in popularity as well. If we're talking outside of that, uh, you know, this is this is going to be tough here because like we're talking about the aforementioned Lamar Jackson week thirteen. When you're taking a look at the Sunday, everybody's going to be going to try to figure out how to jam in Patrick Mahomes against the Oakland Raiders. There coming off of that week, putrid Oakland passing defense. There, uh, if you want to get cute and save a K, you know, you can get to Aaron Rodgers versus the the G Men there. Yeah, um, good call. Then, good call. Yeah, you can. I mean, he's got just as much upside there. Uh, he can e- very easily come down with three touchdowns. Salary savers are Kyle Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's pretty gross, man. But at five point four k, fifteen point floor, uh, they're both going to realize fifteen points. They pretty much do every single week anyway. Um, outside of that, at running back here, um, you know, this is going to be tough because you're going to want to jam in Christian McCaffrey. There's no value, so you're going to be looking at the five k range there. Um, you're going to be looking at guys like Ronald Jones and and Philip. Lindsay in in good matchups there, um, but what I'm interested in is my man, my homie Devonte Parker. He's got a price hike, but he's over 10k. I think it'd be a little bit less popular there. And look, these Rams wide receivers are facing the Arizona Cardinals next week, man. So they're, I mean. 
Cooper Cup is 7K, but Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods over on the uh, the likes of kingsofdraft.com, uh, they're under they're both under 5.5K now. So it's going to be putrid. Nobody looking at them potentially, but they're going to be in a high upside situation and uh, the flow chart, right? Arizona tight end. Uh, so Gerald Everett, what's up with this dude's knee? He hyperextended it. If I think he's still playing right now and going to be fine. I wish he wouldn't because then we could play Tyler Higby. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So, I mean, it's just going to be a, a situation to take a look at. And one thing I'll give you, all right, Mike, for, for GPP stacks for week 13 on the Sunday slate is the, just a nasty, nasty stack that you're going to want to have. Philadelphia and Miami because all the places, all the pieces are cheap. All the pieces are cheap. Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey are both inexpensive. It Maybe one of them doesn't go. Um, so basically coming off another putrid uh, outing against the Seattle Seahawks there. Now going into Miami where their most expensive piece is 5.7K. That's the type of game that you're going to want to be able to stack. It's got high upside. It's inexpensive and it's going to let you jam in all the dudes. You know, you you said this without, I think, even seeing my Twitter account. I put a lineup out last night because I have no life. And I said, I really <laughs> tried to jam in Mahomes and McCaffrey. And that's what I did. What you end up having to do is hit those middling players that you talked about. My other running back is Philip Lindsay at home against the Chargers. I put T.Y. in because T.Y. in a dome is automatic and he looks a little healthy now after Houston he came back. I also took your advice, Miami, Philadelphia. I put in Alan Hearns. I couldn't fit in because it's a little expensive. So I took, I took Hearns. Why not? 4K, right? And so that is the process I think you have to follow. You're right on. If you're going to go with those big guys, then you have to find the middling players. Or if you want to try to up every position, you know, maybe take a little bit off Mahomes for Rodgers, maybe not play Lindsey McCaffrey, but two like six, seven K guys, you can fit in a Parker. I think that's a real good plan. Yeah, I love the Alan Hearns drop. I mean, at 4K, uh, one more down there, Chris Conley, 4.5K, and he's going to get Tampa yeah. Bay this week. Nine or more targets in multiple weeks now, and he's going to be 2K less than DJ Chark. So, I mean, Conley, Alan Hearns, and get all the dudes, and, and that's just a nasty, uh, you know, makes you want to throw up in your mouth type of stack. But you know what? Then go ahead, get Mahomes, McCaffrey, and be on your way. Well, it's better than A.J. Brown roulette, let me tell you. I'm not doing A.J. <laughs> Brown roulette again. I'm a Jim Martini guy. T.J. Hernandez joined us a couple weeks ago. He hates the IPAs, of course, but my father-in-law turned me on to Jim Martini's. What's the drink of choice on a Friday night in the hard household? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm, I'm just boring and I'm lame, right? But most of the time, it's LaCroix and Bubbly. So, but from an alcoholic perspective, oh, geez, ah. it, lattes and macchiatos are, are my, my go-to jam. But I, I'd be remiss not to say I have been getting down with a little bit of of the Truly and the uh, White Claws lately because of that whole Me LaCroix. Too. Factor, Me right? too, yes. Hey, totally tastes great. I got them in yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? Why not? But I mean, look, if I'm really going to get down, right, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty vanilla. Uh, give me a little bit of vodka, mix in some OJ, mix in some pineapple juice with a grash, uh, dash of grenadine. And uh, it's just it's just fruity flavors of heaven. And that that's like the summertime jam right there. 
All right, fantasy football momentum time. This is sponsored, folks, by FFB Cast. FFB Cast records custom podcasts for your fantasy league. They've been fantastic this year. So many people love them. They get experts to come on and break down your draft and give you weekly updates here. Maybe you can get Fantasy Gumshoe to come in there and talk about how bad someone's team is, your good friend. Absolutely fantastic. FFBcast.com. Have to go there. Consider it for next year as well. You can follow them on Twitter at FFBcast, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, the whole bit, www.ffbcast today for your league's very own custom podcasts. I want to know here, Jeremy, will these players keep their momentum off the Week 12 performance? So guys who kind of broke through finally, and I'm looking to see how much they'll keep it going. Half PPR, let's assume. First, welcome back from the dead Zach Ertz of Philadelphia. Is this for real? Yeah, it has to be for real. Process of elimination because I have no wide receivers that are healthy, that are standing and quite frankly can actually run. And I just actually had off the press saw, well, not hot off the press. A little bit earlier today, Dan Orlowski had some really great content online so check that out which really uh, just kind of tunes into the lack of wide receiver detail and uh, route assumptions that it were really creating a hindrance for Carson Wentz so he's gonna have no choice but to keep going back to Zach Ertz yeah that's absolutely true next one of course which was huge Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati Boyd explodes over 100 yards has a touchdown squeaky wheel game gets oiled prior to that we had just the fantastic performance here Jeremy three targets one reception no yards in week 11. I mean, that's hard to do. I, I think I could go out there if I played a whole game and get a yard. I, I really, really do. Maybe not more than that. Maybe be in the hospital. But that was a pitiful <laughs> performance. But Tyler Boyd finally came through. Can you trust him? Everyone's pointing to the Week 16 game, Fantasy Championship. Bengals at Dolphins. Can Tyler Boyd be viable here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, did we ever think we'd be this excited to be able to get Andy Dalton back? And uh, we're going to get him back now. So all systems go for Tyler Boyd and those 10 targets to 14 targets a game, whatever it was when Andy Dalton was under the helm there and they just egregiously went away from him, benched him and didn't friggin' trade him. I just wanted entirely in incredibly awful, just a terrible organization. But all things aside, Tyler Boyd, keep it going. Robbie Anderson with the Jets has not had the yardage. Everyone talked in the offseason about how he had such a difficult slate of cornerbacks that he faced early in the season, and he did. But now Darnold has stopped seeing ghosts. He's moving forward. The offense has been clicking, and he has a pretty friendly schedule here. Robbie Anderson, what do you think about him rest of the season? I really wish I could buy in this season because I was bought in in the offseason, man. Um, the, the problem is he's just – Sam Darnold's not getting enough time to be able to throw the ball downfield for the way they are egregiously using him and just forcing him into this long shot 50-50 type of player. Um, so, I mean, I just – Gosh, he's not going to get Oakland level every week. So, eh, I, I'm, I'm still steering a, steering a clear. And the last one, Debo Samuel. Boy, that was an impressive performance by the 49ers against the Packers there on, on Sunday Night Football. Big performance. Debo Samuel. Emmanuel Sanders came back, of course, super quick. He's incredible with the torn Achilles. Now he's back, but he's banged up a little bit. George Kittle's back, but Debo Samuel's shown big playability. What do you think about the rookie here rest of the season? Yeah, he's, he's a wide receiver three going forward. I love Debo Samuel, the player, um, but he's just not in the offense that's going to give you sustainable week-to-week performance here. You Like you mentioned, George Kittle is back. Emmanuel Sanders is only going to get healthier from here. They still want to run the ball over and 
over and over. If they had it their way, they would. Uh, coming up against Baltimore here, I mean, this is the type where uh, a wide receiver three and you're going to be looking for alternate options this upcoming week anyhow. What's the best Christmas or birthday gift you received as a child? Oh, man. I mean, I was a gamer, right? So, I mean, anytime they, when the Nintendo came out and I got it, when the Sega Genesis came, came out and I got it, when the Xbox came out and I got it, uh, you just nostalgia above nostalgia over and over and over again when that system would come in on the holidays i mean it was all systems go i mean it was from donkey kong to to matt uh, rad racer to ghosts and goblins oh my gosh it just if I can go back that to those days, I actually got my son last Christmas a twenty dollar um, device genie of some sort, which he can you know use the analog cables to hook into a TV. And it's got like over two hundred and fifty of these old school Nintendo games on it, and right at his fingertips there. And it's just great being able to go back and play Super Contra with them for crying out loud. Now I will say, all right. The replayability does suck. I mean, it's not like playing Modern Warfare Black Ops out there. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it is what it is. With some, for some of us older rap cats, you know, this this is what we grew up with, and this is what we had. So there, there it is. Totally agree. I got my son hooked on Atari. I got the old Atari, Miss Pac-Man. I mean, the oldies but goodies. He still likes the Wii, but he hangs around for him. He's only five. I got a question here. Rank these RB1s, or I put that in quotes, by the way, rest of season. <laughs> so these are lead RB guys on their team right now, but they're in tenuous positions. Chris Carson, LaShawn McCoy, and the ever-popular Carlos Hyde. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'll, I'll stick with Carson here because it, it, it's still his job, at least as far as we know. Um, Carlos Hyde would be number two and LaShawn McCoy would be number three. We'd love to see more work from LaShawn McCoy, but we know they're using them methodically. Uh, maybe he gets more rock this time, this weekend here with Damian Williams questionable at this point. Um, we don't really know. Unfortunately, Carlos Hyde is the one that probably has the, the safest floor here um, because apparently Houston Texans don't know what they have in Duke John. Like I'm, I guess I'm that guy, right? I'm the truther that still does refuses to give up on Duke Johnson. Like if they would just give him a shot, they don't even know, right? I bet you he could throw that ball over that mountain over there. <laughs> so ridiculous. And listen, I've come to accept what I hate. We don't like the plotters, but people like Carlos Hyde. They're using him. I got him plugged in in my best fantasy league. He's right behind Christian McCaffrey. He's my RB two. It is what it is. But Duke Johnson is the more explosive player. I, but, you know, I don't know. There's something about it. Who knows what it is? I agree with you, though. Uh, dynasty question here. Two wide receivers with tough quarterback situations. Would you rather have Terry McLaurin with Dwayne Haskins and the Redskin disaster in Dynasty or Allen Robinson, older, but certainly seems tethered to the wrong quarterback right now, McLaurin or Robinson in Dynasty? Yeah, it's still Allen Robinson for me here. I mean, just get this guy on a damn team with an amazing – like how good would Allen Robinson be? We already got glimmers of oh. it. Oh, my God. Like, geez, put him in any other situation where it's optimal for a sticking wide receiver. Um, he's doing what he's doing with just terrible quarterback play, and we saw it last week. So it, it's still Allen Robinson. But, I mean, if you're not a contender, then, yeah, Allen Robinson would be the type of guy I'd try to get away for uh, Terry McLaurin-plus guys. And, and yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin, uh, whatever we're calling him these days, I forget his nicknames here, McLaurin. M- M- oh, FS1 or, uh, you know. 
know, scary Terry. Scary, yeah. That's one. Wait, whatever they are. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely like Terry McLaurin. And th- these are Terry McLaurin and Malcolm Brown. Actually, I'll give a, a, a hat tip to the RDL uh, old school uh Rotoviz Dynasty League, Terry McLaurin and uh, Hollywood Brown are a couple guys I got really late because when you're drafting with a room full of smarter people than you, you have to zag, right? And of course, these are guys that, let's face it, they had questionable profiles coming out, at least from a statistical standpoint. So they, they fell a little bit. And when they fell, when they fall in a startup, that's when you got to take these guys. And, and I just lucked into both of these guys late. So, I mean, if you can get your hands on Terry McLaurin, I mean, the, for both of these guys, the quarterback situation can only get better right we've seen what the bottom of the barrel looks like and i mean terry mclaurin still had 40 ah geez like 160 air yards in in that last uh two weeks ago game alone i want to say and only converted that for like two or three catches for 47 yards or something stupid like that right so i mean these guys are both buys let's hit the week 13 lightning round i'm going to give you two players quick reaction who do you think is going to have a bigger week 13 performance in the fantasy football world assume half ppr first gobble gobble better quarterback on thanksgiving this could be in quotes here jeff driscoll or mitchell trubisky <laughs> oh jeez I'm, I'm gonna go with driscoll flip, flip an ugly coin on this one yeah Wide receivers in tough matchups. How about John Brown going down to Dallas or Amari Cooper in the same game against that Buffalo secondary? Always Amari. Lamar Jackson against the Niners at home or Deshaun Watson against the Patriots. Both tough defenses here. What do you think? Always Lamar. Always Lamar. I mean, he just he's going to exude the system. He's going to just raise above what Houston will not be able to do against uh, Patriots schematically. So still Lamar. And better tight end play, you have Kyle Rudolph at Seattle. So low-volume tight end, however, against a very tight end-friendly defense. Or Jack Doyle without Eric Ebron now, who's out, at home against Tennessee. Always Doyle. I'm always going to chase the volume there with no Ebron. Jeremy, what's the best sporting event you ever attended in person? You know, this is an interesting one because it, it's like a sporting event that it's got no clout behind it, right? But it was a DePaul Blue Demons game um, here in the Chicagoland area. College basketball, definitely not known on the on the large scale here. But, I mean, it, it was just pure nostalgia. I was in fourth or fifth grade. Uh, where, you know, my buddy's dad took a, a group of us to the game. And it was just the first basketball stadium experience. And... I mean, I I literally caught one of the stadium T-shirts that they threw out and one of the little uh, the bouncy basketballs that they throw out. First time getting stadium nachos and a stadium hot dog. It was just the entire experience. And this damn game went two overtimes, for crying out loud, and didn't get home till like 11.45 on a school night in fourth or fifth grade. So if you, that's the type of experience that you live for, and that's something I'm always going to remember till the day I die. That's a great one. It's about the experience, not necessarily the high-level team. It's about the experience. Great call. Jeremy, amazing to have you back here is great. I got one more question, then we'll get you out of here. Dynasty Leagues, this is an opportune time. I had a trade offer that came across me uh, today because I'm in the running for the playoffs here. And someone wants to know if they'll trade me Mark, if I want Mark Ingram, except they want a first round pick, which is not going to happen. So my question is, who's the veteran guy right now that you think you can actually get a Juju, an OBJ, 
Devontae Adams, who sort of had a disappointing year, but you think could really pop in 2020. So who's a, a dynasty Juju. guy? Juju. Juju. Okay. I'm going back and I'm just look. I already made the bed and I'm I'm going down with the ship. I don't care. Ben Roethlisberger is a uh, he's a free agent, if I believe, for 2020 here. But I don't see how he doesn't still go back to to, to Pittsburgh. I mean, he spent his entire career there. He'll he'll get the hometown discount, right? He he knows he's going back to the likes of James Conner, Jalen Samuel, Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, where where else is he really going to land into that type of situation? I, you know, I, I just don't see him going anywhere else. So because of that, I'll go right back to the well with Juju. OBJ, look, man, I, I, I like him, right? Uh, just as much as the the rest. But I mean, this is one of the things that I kept saying from a DFS perspective last week is why am I going to spend, uh, you know, seven to $800 more on OBJ when OBJ is really Jarvis Landry? Why am I going to spend 1500 more for Julio when Julio has really been Calvin Ridley this year? And I mean, it is what it is, right? So I mean, I love OBJ. In fact, I'm probably going to go make an offer for him to to John Solis report here coming up in the RDL Dynasty because <laughs> I'm in a situation to get him. He, he needs to take my draft picks, damn it. But uh, so, yeah, if I'm choosing between these guys, I'm going Juju all the way. Folks, you can call him Sashi Hinky. I call him Jeremy Hart on Twitter at Fantasy Gumshoe. The illustrious former host of this pod just did a wonderful, wonderful job. So great to have him on. He can talk fantasy football. He can talk music. The guy is a virtual accordion of knowledge across multiple platforms, but of course gave you some great actionable information there to get you ready for Thanksgiving football and your fantasy playoffs. Jeremy, it's been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough. It's been great to have you on the pod. The, the, the pleasure is all mine. But I have to throw you one last curveball, okay? It's 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 somewhat of a Thanksgiving podcast tradition. So I just have to know, and RV Nation out there needs to know, your most embarrassing moment of all time. My most embarrassing moment? Oh, super easy. Uh, th- there's so many, my friend. How can I forget? I would say the most embarrassing moment was at Thanksgiving with my family, we have a huge table, my dad's side. I leaned across the table and my uncle, who we always used to box each other and slap fight, just starts smacking me in the head while I'm getting more stuffing. I don't think anything of it because he hits me all the time. However, I soon realize my hair is on fire on one of those <laughs> pencil candles that lit my hair. Now, listen, it wasn't big, man, but it was definitely smoking and on fire. And he was hitting my head to put the fire out. And I just ignored him and kept scooping the stuffing. <laughs> it was good stuffing, damn it. <laughs> you know, I get, it's a family fight. He hits me all the time. I like it. He's like, no, your hair's on fire. That's got to be mine. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. I Thanks for indulging me because I just I just had to know I had to know and now I now I know I've got the the Harry from Home Alone Thanksgiving moment at your dinner table it's it's a beautiful thing folks I'm gonna sign out but we got one more gift for you thanks so much for listening to the fantasy football mailbag Jeremy okay bye thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio please review the podcast on iTunes under the fantasy football mailbag of Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio and at randallrant. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.